1: okay welcome back to the coin knowledge podcast we have a tremendous interview with peter kirby he's president of the factum project Uh, welcome to the podcast peter thank you thank you trace so how how'd you get like down this rabbit hole of the magic internet money oh (laughs) (laughs) how'd you get how did you
2: drink the (laughs) kool-aid
1: i got was it any good
2: (laughs) still delicious trace (laughs) grape flavored it's perfect um 2012, end of 2012, I started getting interested in Bitcoin. I bought some. I bought enough that I was able to sell some and take my fiance at that point to France. You know, so in the thousands range, not the millions of range, but that was enough for us both to be sort of permanent Bitcoin geeks. And that's let her put up with all the other stuff I've done. <laughs> right. So uh, as a recommendation to all the people out there who have significant others that are, let's say, skeptical. Buy them a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing you can do for your future career in Bitcoin. Better than chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> chocolate inside of the France is fantastic. Yeah. She
1: won't whine about your magic internet money. Yeah, anymore. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, well, you know, now
2: it's real internet money.
1: <laughs> so we're, uh, yeah, proof of chocolate. <laughs> so we're, you know, we're, we're looking at this Factum project. Uh, one of the things I find absolutely fascinating about the Bitcoin blockchain is that from an information theory point of view, we're able to create a fact. Oh, yeah. An immutable fact. Yeah. So my background is in accounting. And, you know, we've got debits and credits. It's a almost 500, 600-year-old system. Sure. And for the first time, because... Satoshi solved the Byzantine General's problem. We now have a practical implementation of triple-entry bookkeeping yes. that has been able to create this immutable fact in terms of information theory. Can you talk a little bit about like what are we doing with that at this Factum project? Like, What are you doing uh, to harness this tremendous
2: innovation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've created this amazing digital ledger in the sky that's distributed and owned by all of us and none of us at the same time, right? Incredibly powerful piece of technology. And Bitcoin is really great for recording these financial transactions. But we're saying a fact of, hey, hey, there's a lot of problems that look a lot more like data than just financial transactions, right? It's not just sending a coin. It's making all these data pieces immutable also. So the easy solution or the easy way to think about this is like tamper proof records. How do you build a record keeping system that, you know, really does track every change? If I misspell something and I correct the spelling, I know that that correction is tracked. If I, you know, uh, transfer a title record, I know that that's transferred correctly. I I can follow it from the beginning all the way through. Right. So data and immutable data is um, is a really, really powerful concept. And like you said, it builds this third party, totally audible transparency layer for any business system, not just a financial transaction.
1: What about spoilation of evidence? I mean, Arthur Anderson, Enron, like shredding documents. Oh, there's like good like what, business
2: in destroying I mean, stuff.
1: <laughs> like, like if we, like, how's corporate America gonna survive if we can't spoilate the evidence after
2: a, after the fact? So, uh, Paul Snow opened the fact and white paper by saying, "Honesty is subversive," right? You know that like transparent systems. And truly immutable data is a really powerful concept that changes the way the world looks, right? If our banks are no longer black boxes, if our governments are no longer black boxes, if our business systems are no longer black boxes, that shifts the power, you know, that moves the cheese of some awfully big rats and they're going to fight back. But we really do believe that transparency is good for business, right? When you talk about the Enron example, you're talking about a company that imploded because it was lying. When you talk about the billions of dollars in fines that the banks paid for the robo signing scandal, you're talking about like people getting foreclosed on that probably shouldn't have. You're talking about a lot of pain in these systems being black boxes. Oh,
1: and the people who are affected with that, I actually had a friend. He uh, West Point, you know, uh, Army Ranger. Yeah. He protects diplomats at a U.S. embassy, and while he was on assignment overseas, uh, one of the major banks foreclosed on his house illegally. Yeah. You know. Hello. Yeah. Uh, and then like he had to fight him in court and it cost all this money and he eventually won, but like didn't get all his money back. And like that's This is how, somebody who's
2: serving our country and he gets screwed <laughs> because big banks are in there filling in the blanks. And lying. Yeah. And then covering up the lie
1: after the fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they don't Erasing want to. Erasing or changing the data. Yes.
2: So if you really think about immutable data. It's a powerful tool to protect individuals from big institutions, right? I mean, you know, sort of that's the libertarian voice. But like I said, there's a lot of value created there also. Like, don't forget, those are all mortgage-backed securities, right? Which means there's a buyer and seller on them. And they thought they were buying AAA bonds, but in fact, they were buying a lot more garbage. If you can start creating totally transparent business systems, you can start building better investment tools. You can start building better investors and better investments for people. Right, So there's a lot of value that can be created by honesty and transparency also. It's not all about catching the bad guys. It's about creating a lot of value for people who want to be the good guys. How does Factum do
1: this? You guys came out with what you did with the Project Gutenberg. Yeah. Maybe you can describe that a little
2: bit. Sure. Okay, so the idea of Factum is it's a data layer on top of the blockchain. It basically lets you build chains and chains of chains of data. Every 10 minutes, we take everything in Factum, we Merkle tree it. So we hash the hash, the hash, that down to a single hash, and we put that in the Bitcoin blockchain, right? So you get to piggyback off all the security of that 400 petahash worth of proof of work.
1: And how do you put it into the blockchain? Is it in the op return? Is yeah, it in a multi-stick op return. hash? Uh, op return.
2: It's an op return. It's basically a transaction. It's a financial transaction with a dust-level Bitcoin. Okay. So um, so that's basically how it works. You know, uh, Factum has its own consensus mechanism, its own security but every ten minutes we basically roll it all up and put into Bitcoin so it creates an additional sort of audit layer for it. Are the Satoshis that are used in the dust transaction recoverable? They're spent,
1: right? They're, I mean, you know, well, they're, they're spent they're, they're spent, but they goes well, into the total like
2: mining Because
1: rewards. because it's in the op return, but the dust amount is it just going to sit in the blockchain indefinitely or are you going to be able to reconsolidate those back into a transaction so the satoshis are reusable because you would still have the hash like in the block right
2: um at some point we're getting beyond my technical ability but um i would assume that you could consolidate them i would assume also we might want to spend more than just a dust level to make sure that it moves through the system fast our very smart developers are coming up with better ways to think about that but it's basically it's an op return with some amount of transaction fee to make it an actual bitcoin transaction right you know you could do it with zero um, yeah, because I mean you can't guarantee it's going to go through.
1: Because I mean you're talking about potentially. I mean how many how many of these transactions could end up getting? Well, we do it every ten minutes.
2: Right. So it's going to be hundreds rather than billions. But,
1: but you'll probably have billions of transactions total, but you're hashing them all down via Merkle tree yeah. uh,
2: into like the single hash. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the point of the story, this is part of the how do you solve Bitcoin bloat conversation. Yeah. Right. And the solution is not to put a ton of stuff into Bitcoin. It's to roll a ton of stuff up and put it in Bitcoin systematically, right? Roughly Via once a one month. hash. Yeah, you exactly. know, and, and that one hash can cryptographically prove thousands and tens of thousands exactly. of, of pieces of data. Yeah, yeah. You've got cryptographic proof from that hash to any other point in factum because it's a Merkle tree. So the way I think about it is it's just tiers of hashes that all you can roll up to any point. So it's sort of a systematic way to secure data. But- Factum is a distributed hash table, right? So that data can be fully available. We're just piggybacking on all the proof of work. So you don't have to worry about the reversibility problem. You don't have to worry about building our own version of a proof of work blockchain. Um, the innovation is really that you can build these blockchain technologies layers, just like the internet's built with TCP IP at the bottom layer and HTTP and then you go fancy tools like flash and html5 on top of it we're saying the bitcoin blockchain provides a value layer that you can then build a data layer on top of and then you can add tools like storage or uh, ethereum and some of these other like more complicated blockchain tools as a layer of the technology or like one
1: of my buddies built a plug-in for the netsuite's accounting software Big, yeah. a bitcoin plug-in and You could have the entire state of the accounting system every 24 hours. Boom. Yeah. And so, well, you, you know what the state was at that particular point in time, you know, so now you've got this audit record. And I think, uh, it was Paul Snow. He said that the absence of evidence is the evidence of absence. Uh, so when, when we start having, you know, these regular checkpoints, checkpoints of what the state of a system was, then the absence of a checkpoint
2: actually becomes evidence of something. Proving the negative is a really hard thing to do unless you've got a systematic proof of positive. Yeah. Right. And I think that's one of the things that Satoshi solved very elegantly and taught us a lot about how we prove the negative. Because it's a big deal. In a robo-signing situation, it's the document that you don't have that matters. Yeah. And so
1: our accounting professionals and our information system securities professionals at, you know, PricewaterhouseCoopers and Doyle and Touche and, uh, Ernst and Young, they need to be cognizant of this as a potential tool to reduce the audit risk in their engagements.
2: Oh, absolutely. Now that this exists, you can't not have it.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're just not acting
2: professionally if they don't apply. Uh, these types of measurements the and these types of standards, best practices, right? And um, I I believe that in this concept uh, we call blockchain as a service, right? Everybody's going to take their accounting program and have a blockchain backend that makes it immutable. Everybody's going to take their audit system and their data management system and their document management system, and they're going to build this, as you said, third party audit layer, right? Triple entry bookkeeping, and like you said, if you're not going to do that. Then you're like not why? serving why? your customers. Yeah. You wanna lie? Like, why do you want to change stuff after the fact? Sure, sure. <laughs> exactly. Like you're you're not doing it. Clearly you're an Enron. <laughs> so and I mean, you know, hey, look look at us being uh, honesty is subversive kind of people, but uh, Heaven forbid. I know. <laughs> Turns out that there's a lot of value to be created there. I mean I, I
1: would like to know what my investments are doing. I'd like to know that You have uh, a right to. Yeah, I mean they have a fiduciary duty to me. Like why don't they uh, why don't they provide accurate
2: financial statements that can't be changed? And you you know, you, you bring up this, this um this really valuable concept that right now the way we do audits is you pull a banker's box down, you pull three random files out of you make sure they're right. That's like 19th century technology. Yeah, it should all be automated. We should be able to automate it. We should be able to know that it never changed. We should be able to do that in real time. If you're missing a document for your mortgage, like a survey, you should be able to know at that moment you're missing it and go get it, mm-hmm. right? If, you're, uh, if your P&L doesn't match up to the previous month, you should know why. And you shouldn't know why six months later or 18 months later, whenever they bother to do an audit, you should know why in the moment, Right this is what blockchains allow us to do because it's not a central database keeping this it's not the pwc's central audit program that keeps track of all this you've got an external layer that's public distributed owned by all of us and owned by none of us that's saying that's keeping the systems honest right and that's the power yeah i have a
1: friend she's a bank examiner for the federal reserve of new york She's a big Bitcoin and blockchain enthusiast and just wonders, like, why she's actually doing all this
2: work when it could all be automated. And <laughs> Wait a minute. At some point, the, somebody at PwC and, and Ernst yeah. Young's going to go, like... They're trying to put me out of a job. Well, obviously there's always going to be smart people designing systems. Right. right. But, you know, as Gouda
1: wrote, the sun retreats, the shadow flees. Sunlight is the um, best. Uh, well, sunlight's the best disinfectant from the U.S. Supreme Court case. Yeah. But, you know, the glow retreat, the, the glow retreats, the shadows flee, uh, which Nikola Tesla actually, like, it was his inspiration when he conceived of the AC current system because, you know, as we brought electricity, The, the sheer amount of human labor that was needed just to wash clothes or wash dishes or all this stuff. Like, you know, we can have machines do a lot of this stuff. Like it raises standard of living, increases productivity. Like we really don't need people like looking through all these paper documents. Like, I mean, is that really
2: what? Is that really the highest and best use of our human labor? No. No, no, no. Because it's a, it, the way they do that is the guy who's pulling the banker's box is the brand new accountant who's bond with a totem pole. Yeah. Right? And they're they're charging billable hours, but, you know. Training them. They're like, trained. Go get some more coffee. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll exactly. have robots to do that soon anyways. But... Not only did electricity make it easier for us to wash our clothes, it made our clothes cleaner. Yeah. Right. And that's really the promise that you build a real time audit system on top of the blockchain and it's checking at every moment that all the boxes are checked. You get much, much, much cleaner clothes. Mm-hmm. And and that's the promise. You know, for me, that's exciting right? I'm on board with honesty is subversive and I'm on board that our systems need to be not black boxes anymore. Well,
1: let's, let's explore that a little bit more. I mean, usually I I stick to, you know, looking at the business applications on the podcast, but honesty is subversive. You know, what about the memory hole? What happens when like with this project Gutenberg that you did, you took 30,000 of the world's greatest literature texts and you, you anchored them into the blockchain. So now now we know that this Shakespeare book, like existed, existed at, that at that moment in time, and if a single comma is out of place in any of these thirty thousand books, it we would know we have a different hash. We know, yeah. So, what type of a world do you see coming out of a place where where the memory hole has been closed?
2: Well. You know, more honesty, more transparency, right? It, I think that, like you said, they will be moving the cheese of some awfully big rats. There'll be some people who make a lot of money in trying to keep things not transparent that will fight back, right? Obviously, that's the case. But uh, we'll create a tremendous amount of value. I mean, better governments, better uh, financial institutions, better insurance institutions, uh, better ways of moving money through the world. And that's a better world, in my view. And obviously, this is a technology, the the point of this conversation is not to say, like, wow, how amazing is the future of this technology. What's cool is this happens now, right? We took these books, we put them into factum. You can take your accounting system today, do a hash of the state of, you know, either the whole system or a thousand records or a single record, depending on how much granularity you want, put it into factum. It gets secured by the Bitcoin blockchain, and you know, 400 petahash worth of work, and you can start building a better system today, right? And of course, we're a long way from banks that aren't are black boxes. There aren't black boxes, but this is the path there. It's a thing, right? And yeah, we see seems- the trajectory
1: of where the world's going. Yeah. You know, the the shadows are retreating.
2: The rising sun. The shadows are uh, are having to retreat. Uh, let me let me tell you a fun story about a, a very practical solution for this. Uh, I was down in Central America, and the uh, this country had built a very expensive database where they digitized all the title records, right? Huge project, the World Bank sponsored it. And um, as soon as some bureaucrats got access to that database, they started giving themselves beachfront property, <laughs> right? You know, it's like, and everybody goes, well, Central America. But big 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 deal because when you don't trust the collateral and you don't trust who owns it you end up paying 18% interest on your mortgage for 10 years you have credit card on your house right which means that you all entrepreneurship is normally funded by people borrowing against the assets they have right so you've got a very very low capital base you got a whole bunch of people who don't trust the government to record their stuff so you have got 60% of the title records in the country not even recorded <laughs> and it's a whole huge mess. So you go in and you say, hey, look, we were there. We talked to, you know, all the important people and we saw this, you know, mess of records that they had and stuff. And we said, look, we can build you a tamper-proof layer for your entire title industry, build a 21st century application built in like cloud technology, right? It's going to cost a fraction to deploy and I clean up your title system systematically, right? And what that means is not just the title records get secured against the blockchain, But the whole process, the attorney that signs off and says, I agree this isn't fraudulent, that gets in the blockchain. The person who types in the legal description, into the blockchain. The person who verifies it, into the blockchain. So you got a proof of the whole process. You prevent the garbage in. Suddenly, you got a path forward to unlock that, you know, what is, I think DeSoto called it $9 trillion in locked value in basically properties you can't land on because you can't trust the collateral. Suddenly you can start thinking about agricultural deals and mineral rights and people making a living from this land that they own without fear that somebody's going to go snatch it up because it's a nice piece of property and they have access to the database. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that Bitcoin,
1: that's a tectonic plate level shift in terms of economics is that Bitcoin has changed the economics of violence and it's drastically reduced the cost of protection when it comes to property rights. Sure. And so, you don't know, don't enforce it with guns, guns, enforce it with the blockchain. Well, yeah, I mean, go ahead, shoot that math problem. <laughs> it's a great, great way to solve it. You, well, you, you use up all your bullets. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Paul Snow said this beautifully. He said, um, he's like, we tried wars. Now we tried regulation. Let's try math. Right? <laughs> and <laughs> that's a great way to yeah, solve it turns problems. Out it's, it's hard to shoot at math. <laughs> Hard to argue with it too. Yeah, it's math, right? You know, <laughs> but but what does that mean? That means you can get out of the business of trying to fight over stuff and move to the business of starting to create value on top of it, right? If I'm a bank and I'm looking at title A that's secured by some piece of uh, you know crappy software that bureaucrats have been hacking into, and title B is secured by the blockchain, it's pretty obvious where I want to lend my money right? Which means that I can lend it at a lower rate, which means people can invest more in infrastructure, which means people can borrow some money against their house and build that software application they've been working on. You know, you start having a path toward economic growth that doesn't involve who has the biggest guns. Great, great, great. And it's not some pie in the sky thing. It's an application that-, that Yeah, we got it right now. A couple, you know, couple months to build, right? I yeah. can deploy it tomorrow. Yeah, I can pull away to May. Let's say <laughs> it's it's April now, so uh, so I don't want to get ahead of myself. But uh, you know, Facton's an alpha product right now. Uh, you can build interesting stuff on top of it. You know, we've showed a couple proof of concepts, Ooh. and um, we got we're interested in uh, we're working on a bunch of other interesting proof of concepts. So well, well
1: yeah. cool. It's been a
2: uh, a wonderful interview. This has been fun. You know, yes. Thank, you. It, Thank you for giving me well, an opportunity to geek out about the the. Uh, the economics of transparency. <laughs>
1: hey, I, I think that, you know, we're we're definitely changing a lot of things and we're changing the, the way we perceive the world. Yeah. You know, and this ephemeral nature of our history uh, is going to become much more solid because Could, it's going to be cryptographically provable. To quote David Johnson, this
2: is the beginning of recorded history. Yeah, before blockchain and after blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to say that the, the, we don't have egos around this, right?
1: <laughs> hey, but everything that's gone before could be changed with an eraser or with a gun. Sure, sure. Uh, but now, like, it's no. Hard like, to erase like, math. like, you can't just erase this hash in an off return statement. Sure. That you can then use to cryptographically prove this entire uh, Merkle tree
2: and all the data contained within it. Yeah. And, and obviously, you know, with enough giant supercomputers, maybe you could change one of those hashes, but it's really hard to erase the whole record, right? The whole proof and, you know, uh, Bitcoin blockchain has 400 petahash hash worth of work that goes into it every second. Right. Yeah. It gets infinitely harder to change every brick below there. Yeah. So, um, it's powerful. It's a really powerful idea. And, um, and it's fun, you know, obviously it's fun to geek out about it, but for me, <laughs> it's even more fun to build this stuff for real. Right? Yeah, well, it's great
1: talking with, uh, with one of the players on the field instead of just the spectators. Thanks so much for being with us on the podcast. Peter Kirby, president of the Factum Project. Uh, thanks for being with us. It's a real pleasure, Trace. Thank you.
0: Be sure to get a copy of the free Bitcoin Guide at freebitcoinguide.com. Got a question or suggestion? Record your voice at Bitcoin.kn. Don't be shy. To help the show, share Bitcoin.kn with friends, post about it on Reddit, and otherwise, spam the interwebs. Your iTunes comments and five-star reviews are very important to us. Please continue tuning in to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast, where we release interviews with the top people in the Bitcoin world. Now take some choline and let that Bitcoin knowledge consolidate.